to welcome everybody. Um, we're delighted to gather here. Singing for Strength, How Indigenous Language Stories and Songs Enrich Identity and Community, this week on Inspiration and Adaptation with David Ingalls, song maker and language leader of the Lower Tanana. I'm Asia Freeman, host of Inspiration and Adaptation, a weekly podcast of Bunnell Street Arts Center. From the current pandemic to social unrest, recession, planetary collapse, and, and pandemic, yes, I said that, <laughs> Inspiration and Adaptation explores these challenging times and strategies and perspectives that everyone can learn from artists. Benel Street Art Center is situated on the lands of Nilchitna, Nanilchik Village Tribe, land that has been sustainably stewarded for thousands of years since time immemorial by the indigenous people of this region. Chinan, Chiknik, Khayana. Benel Street Art Center is committed to resisting colonialism by partnering with indigenous artists and supporting indigenous led practices. Today we're joined by David Ingalls, as I mentioned, a language leader and song maker from the Lower Tanana. And um, we're so happy to have this opportunity to learn from you, David, and to listen um, as you share with us some of the truly fascinating work and important work that you have been doing in language revitalization. And um, I'm just going to invite you to sort of orient us to the kind of work that you're doing here. So um, my name is David Ingalls, and I've been working with I've, I've been working with our language for a long time, <coughs> and I, I grew up listening to my grandparents speaking the language. I, uh, I I recall living in the village of Minto at the younger age, you know. During the developmental age, I could hear my grandparents speaking quite a bit. They spoke fluently with one another. There were a lot of them that were born in the early 1900s, and that was their first language. And so, as a result of being around so many of my grandparents, I um, I was exposed to our language, and I got to hear a lot of it and learn quite a bit more. And my grandmother Evelyn Alexander, she was a uh, um, she was a she was a composer. You know, she made a lot of songs in our language, and it was there were various types of songs. They weren't just you know um, sad mournful songs. You know, there were there were honorary songs and there were dance songs and and there were there um. She really showed me what it was like to to understand. She showed me a better understanding of what it's like to, to know what our songs mean and how they go together with the with the words and the lyrics and why they do why they are formed that way because it helps um, it helps give an emotional expression to the to the feeling that you're going through at that moment. It helps you understand. Um, that you're not alone in whatever it is that you're facing. 
you know, whether it be tremendous amount of joy and happiness or, or the kind of uh, sorrow that love leaves eventually, you know, in the wake of, of just loving one another. And so she was able, I spent many, many, many mornings, afternoons and nights with my grandma, Sitsu Tudrock, Evelyn Alexander. And um, she really did teach me a lot because she knew so much of the language. She was very highly fluent in, in the language. I, I remember her calling her sister daily and they would go on for at least a half an hour and not speak a, a lick of English at least, you know. And, and so it's from her teachings that I, um, that I felt like I, 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 I took those teachings and I need to put them back, so to say, um, because I, I don't want to just keep it for myself. She didn't give it to me just for myself. It's for everybody else. And so that's, that's why I, I, I saw this opportunity to do this class and I applied for it. I'm so grateful for it because it gave me a chance to do something online because I'm all the way down here. And even though it's COVID time and everybody's in lockdown, or it's just not the way that it used to be. And this is a good way of sharing that information and taking advantage of the time that we have because everybody is locked down. And because we have these questions on, well, what do these mean? How do these songs impact the way that we feel? How does that express the thought that's going behind the emotion? And so with this, it allows us to, to um, get a better understanding of the lower canon of worldview. On, on how you on how you handle you know all of the events that are in life because in the class we, we covered many different subjects it wasn't just mournful lost songs we even covered love songs and um, animal songs and dancing songs and action songs these were the kinds of things that you know pre-contact that was the form of entertainment in addition to telling stories so this was a good way for us to um, reconnect with older teaching methods. Thank you, David. That's a, that's a beautiful introduction. And I, I would just um, like to thank you for, you know, recently concluding a, a song, a, a class on um, Lower Tandana song making. It was a, really a pleasure to present that um, from Benel Street Art Center with support from the Siri Foundation and the um, Coronavirus Relief Fund of Alaska Community Foundation. Um, maybe you could kind of guide us through, perhaps with some images, um, a bit about, you know, your background in terms of your home uh, community of Minto um, and where it's located in Alaska, and then kind of uh, bring us into um, the context of, you know, village life and landscape to help us understand a little bit more your So I'm going to, I'm going to share my screen. If you tell me if you can see it.
we see this? Okay, so this is, you know, where Minto is. This is where Minto is. And then here's another view. Here's, here's what it looks like if you were to approach the state of Alaska. You know, and um, the next one, if you were to zoom in a little bit closer, you have Fairbanks. You can see Fairbanks is right here. Manly is here, Nenana is here, Tanana is there, Rampart, Stevens Village, and Livengood all surround Minto. And I, I grew up here. In, I was born in Fairbanks in 1980. And then my earliest memories are in Minto with, with my family because we, we lived there up until it was time to go to school. And then my mom decided that she wanted me to, uh, to go to Fairbanks to go to school. And so when kindergarten came around, I went to, I, I, my mom decided that we would move out of Minto and into Fairbanks. And so what had happened was uh, I, I, I grew up going to school in Fairbanks. And every chance I got, I went to Minto. You know, if it was spring break, if it was Christmas vacation, if it was summer vacation, Thanksgiving break, you name it, I was making my way back home because I, I that was, that was like, uh, what was that? What's that? Where everybody knows your name. <laughs> and, just, and, and so here is a, here's what it looks like from a satellite point of view. We have Minto right here and then Fairbanks would be over, would be over here. Fairbanks is right down here, Minto is there, and Nenana is right there. Now the importance of Nenana in Minto, they have a, we have a very close relationship with one another. We're very, uh, we have a lot of history with one another. Yeah, the way I like to view Nenana is uh, we're the same people separated by a common river. And so um, we have a lot of the same uh, language, stories, and songs, and a lot of our people, you know, um, travel back and forth because you have Minto right here and Nenana right there. And it used to be, uh, before 1973, Minto was old Minto, which is a whole lot closer to Nenana, somewhere about right here. And then you could just jump on all these various lakes and make a portage out to the big lakes in the summertime and you live off of the fish and ducks out on the lake. And when it starts to freeze up, you move back out towards the river so that way you can move around easily where it's frozen on with the dog teams. And so that is uh, an overview of where, 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 I, where I'm from. In New Minto now, seeing how we're talking about dog teams, uh, here's, here's a picture of what it looks like right in front of the uh, house that I grew up in um, in the winter time. This is what we had. I, I had plenty of cups of coffee looking at this when I lived there. And um, after high school, 
what had happened was uh, I got out of Fairbanks, which is right over here. I got out, I graduated, and then I moved back to Minto because I, I really felt like I wanted to learn more of our language and more of our songs and more of what it means to be somebody from this area. And so I, I took advantage of that time and I went back right around the turn of the century and I dove into the language. I, I did, I learned as much as I could from my grandparents on every subject that you could imagine. Because I had just come out of high school, I was used to a certain, you know, like, I know all of these things in English. I want to know them in our, in our way of thinking, in our lower Canada way of life. And so I asked the questions and I did get the answers. And so within a couple of years, I was, uh, I found myself teaching at the University of Alaska Fairbanks. I was teaching three credit class at summer session. And so that was summers 2000, 2001, and 2002. So there were three years of I was teaching at the UAF. And so after that was finished, um, that was all around the turn of the century. Let me back up just a little bit and talk about high school because my grandmother, Evelyn, she really taught me a lot about songs at that point in high school. It was like, uh, for me, it was as if I was learning under Bach or Beethoven. You know, she was that good in my, in my opinion. You know, she was, she was, um, she was a very, very good teacher. She's the one that, she was so patient and so kind in the way that she taught, you know, that's the sign of a good teacher, that how you, how you handle somebody who's, who's not doing it, who's not learning what they're supposed to be learning. And you, you just got to guide them into the point because it's all about self-learning. And she was so kind and gentle in her approach that a lot of, a lot of what she had shared stuck with me. And so that was my grandma Evelyn and, and the, the kind of songs that were that were shared were, were were fun, you know. Like I said, countless mornings I would spend with her at her bedside because of, I would wake up in the morning down at my own house. I would make coffee and I would prepare all of all of what the notes that I wanted to, what do I want, want to learn today? I wrote it down like this and I left spaces so I could, you know, this is what it is in English, dash, four spaces in between, you know, like uh, college bound notebook, four spaces of that and you could leave an explanation, move on to the next one. Well, it got to the point where a lot of this, we were, she was getting tired of the, the repetition. You know, she wanted a little bit more challenging creation. So we had this really good relationship of a student and teacher where if, if I was 
So if I was going too much into one direction, she would totally, totally take me in a different direction. And something as simple as a thumb, I was just like, okay, well, I want to learn about this. But you want to teach me about thumb. And I, I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to what you're saying. And so I first I learned Salachit, which is my thumb. And then I learned something else that was a little bit less, it was more obscure. It was like, I think it was pocket drive in it. I think it was Spider-Man or something like that that I, that I wanted to translate. And I just thought it was so cool because my little, my little brother was so into Spider-Man. And he was just like, ah, Spider-Man. And I was like, that'd be fun to teach him how to say it in, in our language. And, and so I ended up learning how to say Salacha, which helped me out a whole lot more than learning how to say Spider-Man. Because Salacha has a deeper meaning than, any, than what you can think of. Salah is your hand. And then Chith, Chith is like an it or inanimate. And with so it means your hand with it and so it means like i can do something with my hand is what thumb means and so she was trying to explain the depth of the language because i was looking for i was looking for a, a, like a, i was looking for just an example of something and she was trying to teach me actually how the language flows you see, we have that kind of, we have that kind of uh, relationship. And she really did uh, teach a lot about the songs, like I was saying. And the words that, what helped me was um, during those days, I would, in those mornings, I would plan out my lesson plans or what I, what I wanted to learn for myself. Um, I would listen to the Beatles and it came to one point where I was at a point in my life where eight days a week was a song that I just had to learn how to sing in our language. So we ended up translating eight days a week in, into our language. And that helped me not only understand how the language flows but it helped me understand how the language, the tune matches the tune because sometimes words cut off, you know, and especially because that wasn't the only one that we did. We did other ones like Eleanor Rigby and we also did, um, we were working on, what was the other one? I forgot the one we were working on. It'll come back to me later on, but but you see what I mean? We were working on different types of songs and she was telling me we can cut words off if it meets the tune. And I was like, oh, okay. Because we operate on a subject, object, verb structure. And so sometimes it gets a little bit, it gets a little bit confusing if you're trying to fit in three different things into one little like, one quarter note, you know, <clears throat> it's, um, 
it, it can be quite challenging. And I asked her, how did we do these things? How did we do them in our older songs? You know, how, you know, because how did we comprehend these was the question. And she said, you have to find your tune first. After you find your tune, your words can be adjusted. And you can go from there. And it's like, oh, okay, so I don't write out my tune or my words, my, my lyrics. And she said, you can have an idea, yeah, sure. Although sometimes you have an idea and your words are longer than what is allowed. So that was one of the things that she she liked to teach me. And so after high school, I went back home and I started learning more of the language. I worked with UAF. I completed that project. A couple of years went by, and then um, I got recruited to work on the pocket dictionary for our language. And then um, after that, a couple of years, that really helped me refine my skills even more. And then we ended up moving down here, my, my lady and I. And um, we brought our daughter with us, and now we have two. And so we've been here for since 2008. And now that they're older, I, I find myself having more free time to work on, on, uh, on the stuff that I couldn't a couple of years ago when they were smaller and you know, needed my attention. And so, um, over the past couple of years, I've, I've, I've been able to, to do a little bit more language work. I've been able to work with the Doyen Foundation with their online language program. I've worked with the Burbank's Native Association to uh, help them create their pre-kindergarten Head Start curriculum for the language on what they need for the language. And I had also worked with, uh, I had the pleasure of working with uh, Susan Passman with a Yukon Kaifu School District on making translations of her lesson plans in Danaka over in Kibinti Kanaka, which are, which are slight, slight differences. And to understand that, let me just go back to this. Let me go back to my um my screen, I would like to show you what I mean. The slight difference would be this right here. And oh no, I'm sorry. Let me um, let me make this bigger so you can see it. I'm still trying to figure out Zoom. I apologize. Thank you for your patience. Okay, you see this now. What I mean is we have right here Minto's dialect, Nana's dialect. They are the same, although it gets different once you start approaching Salcha. It gets different once you start approaching Man. There's little, little, tiny differences. You might start hearing a, um, 
uh, k instead of a ch, or a, or a, a you, in Minto you're going to hear a lot more herbs like a tr or a dr or a shr, and those er sounds get dropped when you get out of the lakes and you go around. If you were to go to the Tanna or Yukon River or this side of the Tanna River, lower, lower Tanna River, then you wouldn't you wouldn't hear so many errs. And so that's what I mean. Where am I going with this? I am going with this because when our songs are all the same, I mean they all follow the same tune, Stevens Village used to be renowned for winning song championships a long time ago, back at the, at the New Chilawaya gatherings. And um, Canada has really good songs. And, and from Manly over to Pimento and Nana, it has a little bit different. It sounds a little tiny bit different than, than the songs from whether it be Canada or down, even if you were to go down river, like, um, let me show you this one right here. These, um, so David, can I ask a question? I, yes. I'm, are, are the songs the primary way that the stories and values are communicated in, in oral sense? How did you no. go directly from language learning to song learning? Language learning and song learning went together and hand in hand for me because I, I grew up hearing the songs. You know, I remember being a little boy, I mean like just a little, little boy, and, and, and seeing, I mean, all of the people that I was growing up with sing and just have a passion for what they were, for the songs that they were singing, you know. And I mean, there's just something exciting about seeing your grandfather just get out there and just really put his hand out and put his, and he was singing from his, from his heart, you know what I mean? And it was observed that, that, um, that there was that connection, especially when it came to other songs, different types of songs, because there are there are there is a hierarchy of songs when when you're um, when you're addressing it. It depends on what's going on, what kind of celebration or, or what what is the, the reason for the gathering. You know, if it was a, if it was a mournful one, then you're probably going to be singing a lot of songs that sound like somebody's crying. And the idea behind that is um, the words that you're expressing in those tunes help you share the feelings that you have, that, that you're going through. Um, Could this be for me, when I lost my dad, that was the only way that I could express myself. Uh, 
other than that, you know, I was busy all day long. I kept my hands, I, you know, I kept my hands moving. And, and, and all throughout the day, I'm not just talking about the pop watch that followed after dad's leaving us, you know. Although the, the way that, you know, if you speak the language, it, it really does have a deeper meaning. You understand the connection of what those people are trying to say. And then you realize that, hey, I'm not the only one who loves his dad. You know, I'm not the only one who have, who's lost a loved one like, or maybe it was whatever loved one you might have. And from there, you gain a comprehension of that, A, you're not alone, and B, this, even though that person isn't there with you anymore, it's the only way that they have to help you through that pain, because that, that loss really does mean something and on flip side you can also say that you know i really did love somebody i really did you know and you wanted to make a, a like a, a love song or, or maybe you wanted to make the ballad of <laughs> you know or <clears throat> make a tributary song to somebody while they're still alive that you can do as well you know and, and so what I'm trying to say was I saw this connection early on in between what those old people were saying and what was on their face while they were saying. Because at the time, you can, you can, you get, when you're part of a village and you're growing up and your, your family is so large that you have enrollment numbers, that there comes a time to, to where older people and younger people, the whole age to death ratio starts mixing. And then all of a sudden, it's like every other year you're hearing about somebody that you grew up with that's passing. Well, that's, a, that's as a result of the village getting bigger over time. And, and I saw that. I saw that in my grandparents when they had to go through all of those things that I saw in the 80s, when they themselves had lost their own, you know, like when my grandpa Neil lost, lost my uncle Sam, that really tore him up inside for a long time. And then when he started, you know, feeling better, he started, you know, addressing where he was at with his pain and losses, loss of his son, you know, he started talking to his wife about making a memorial pop watch. And then they decided to make that memorial pop watch for him. Well, part of the part of what goes behind making a memorial pot watch is that you gotta talk to other people about, you know, once you're at a position to where you have enough to start sharing with people, then you can start talking about, well, what day do you want to do this? I've already got a song made, you know, or, you know, even before you get to that point of making that date, you're communicating with everybody in your village. You're communicating with other song writers in the village, other composers that know more than, more than you know. 
because there's always somebody that paid attention to something a little bit better than you did. And so being able to see see the see that when I in the eighties when I was growing up I could see that those old people were expressing themselves while they sang those songs. So it was people that grew up speaking language. And so the, the connection happened was by just observing as I was growing up. And they were using words that weren't in everyday language. I saw everyday language. I was with my grandparents growing up on the senior, on the senior bus. My grandma would be the first one to be picked up, and they would drive all around the village and pick up every elder for lunch. And then as soon as they got in, they would greet each other in our language, and they would start laughing and sharing stories all in our language. And I was, I was fortunate enough to be part of it. And I got to understanding a lot of what they were talking about. And I knew, noticed that that language was different from the language that was used in their in songs. And so that's how I started to understand and comprehend that there were different levels of language that are associated with songs. And there are, there is, there's a lot of high language, what we call uh, you know, like educated words or or um, language that you wouldn't normally use in everyday life. And so that's what I started to notice because um, because I saw that in those older people and, because and I saw their faces. And David, yes. when, when would you be hearing these songs? Did you hear them just at Potlatch, or did you hear them at other times? Um, usually, and when I, at the beginning, it was just at the Potlatch. As I got older, I started to recognize that there were some people that actually, you know, like my grandpa Chuck, he, uh, when he was younger, he would sing the songs or whistle them while he was working. And, or at least the tune, because the tune, some of them are really good, lively songs, you know, because you think about somebody that you really had a, had a good time with in your life and you just want to put the best words you can in there. And you just come up with a real lively tune that encompasses the good times you have. One of our listeners, Petra, is asking, would the, would the sung language be similar, you know, as a special language, like, like poetry might be, you know, when you're speaking in English, where you have that kind of like that, you know, pentameter or that shape and, and the sort of lyric quality. Is that comparable? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You have to be a, a lot more articulate and a little bit more aware of what you're saying and how you say it, because it could be perceived as being the wrong way, or it could be perceived as some, maybe your intention is one way and somebody else hears it a different way. You know, you'd be like, oh, hey, you know, I wanted to make a song about dogs. And then they hear the song and they're like, are you calling me a dog? <laughs> 
you know. So there, the language is the the higher the song, the higher the language. Let's put it that way. Okay. And there is a, a, like a there is a minimum, but it gets there is a base that's different from the language because you have your language here and then you have your songs there, and then it, it jumps from there because uh, there are some words, especially that get melded together. You're going to get fragments from three different words put into one. Could you share with us some audio at this point, some songs that might be your students learning or yourself, some uh, ways that we can begin to hear qualities of the song language, the song? Okay. What I can do is this. I would like to share with you what I shared with my students. And this one It's like a heartbeat. It just kind of, the whole time I'm listening, when I'm looking at you, and there's just like that little, that catchy beat, that bounce that's just really holding one's attention there. It really does sound like a heartbeat. And in this, this song, it has, it, it meets the minimum requirements for the level of language that we're talking about. Now there's only two words in it, although the words, how they're used, are, they're actually quite, it would fit with the flow, because what she's saying is, which means like, come here truthfully. So when she says, and the reason I point this song out is because this song encompasses, there are five different 
There are at least five different songs that I hear in this one song. It encompasses many of the tune, the sounds that you'll hear in making a song like this. It makes it more livelier, more, um, more, more to dance to. If you don't mind, can I play you another song? Please do. Okay, so if I am going to come down here, I just wanted to show the, okay. I wanted to show the difference in the songs, if you don't mind. So yeah. that one was like an introductory of how, of, 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 um, of the language that would be used. So if we were going to go take that up in the next step, and if we were going to change it up, let's go to something a little bit more. Here's a lively one. This one is one of my favorites. This is about a brother-in-law and how many times how much fun they had with one another while hunting in Minto. Dancing at the same time.
were the, were people dancing and singing at the same time then? Yeah. This is what we call a transition song. The songs usually start out really slow and they sing usually like this, you know. And by the time they, they start off like that, by the time they get to that one that they just sung, they're getting up and they're going like this. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, they're, they're just about ready. I mean, you heard the drum at the beginning, kind of like making an appearance, kind of, kind of wanting to come out. It's, it's kind of like when this song comes out, it's the equivalent to how, um, how you might feel when, on Christmas morning and you wake up and you're just like, oh boy, the presents are there. Come on, mom and dad, wake up. You know, yes. it's, that's, that's the feeling that you have. Wow. And so the word in that song, this is where it gets different. This is how the language plays in both. It says, it's like, oh, that was good. What am I going to do without it? All those things we did mental. All of the times that we went hunting with one another. You see how long that sounds? But there's so much more that's involved in it. There's a, a, a form of a, you might hear a r or a, 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 a sound coming from right here. Making different sounds, although that's three different forms of a word that's, that you're talking about. That's three different things that happen with that guy. And how many times, you know, like, oh, there's that one time we got stuck. And there's that one time I told him not to shoot it in the water, but he did. And then there's that other time that he left the house, the, the house without any bullets and he had to get, I had to give him a couple, you know. All of those little things are put into there, you know. Yeah. And so that's what I mean by the language taking on shift. Because the first one we heard, it had very little. But the second one we had, oh my, there was so many, so many words in there. All expressing the stuff that he, uh, that person did with their brother-in-law. Now, David, you wrote a memorial potlatch song for your grandmother, mm -hmm. Evelyn. And um, I would, if you're willing, I would love to hear a little bit about the important elements of a potlatch song or, or your song for her and what what are some of the things the considerations that it that it takes to build that song okay good question her song it was inevitable everybody who knew her knew that eventually she would have that kind of song made after her she made a lot of different potlatches. She made a lot of songs. She, she helped out a lot. And in that aspect, culturally speaking, it was kind of expected of, of us to, to uphold that for her, to do that for her. And, um, and we did. You know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't me. 
It wasn't just me, it was my family. Right, like I said to them, it isn't just one, it's all of us. So that's how we're gonna get through this, is together. We're all chipping in. Because when it comes to making the decision to doing something like that, it's more than one person alone can handle. It takes a whole village to do it. And, and there were many, many, many things I had to think about when making her song. Um, her song had to encompass, I had, like everyone else who has made a song like this, I had three verses to encompass somebody's life and all of the accomplishments that she had acquired during that life. This is a woman that who spent a lifetime teaching. This is a woman who um, sewing, cooking. You know, I, there are many times that she cooked for me. Many times she sewed for me. Many times that she was the shoulder to cry on, and her hand was on my back. You're gonna be all right, Scoop. It'll be okay. And so, there's all of that love that I needed to. I, I needed to express the love that was there, and I needed to share all of the good things that she did in her life. So the very first one that I did was because of the love. Uh, not only was love sown throughout the, uh, the chorus, but I put love as the first lyric of three, and then all of the supporting facts behind that, all of the kind of love that she did, you know. And then it came on to her hands. Now, I put her hand in there because it was, it's traditional, it's traditional to refer to a woman's hands, although in her case it, is a, it meant a whole lot more because she was a, uh, a midwife and she delivered many of the people in the village up until I believe her last one was in 1980. Of, I really want to say August or September was the last baby that she that she delivered an infant. And so, having brought many many of the of the people in the village into this world, being the first one to to hold them even before their mother, that's why I saw. It's only right to, to put her hand in there as the second word. In addition, all of the potlatches and loving things she did with her hands. And then the third one, I went against cultural norms and I added a, uh, a, man, a man's word. I, I used a word that was traditionally preserved for men for her. And I had to go before my elders and argue my case as to why I put that word in there. And once once they heard my argument, they, they understood where I was coming from and, and it was it was I got the okay. And that was because uh, she was raised man. You know, her, her dad didn't have any boys. She was the one that he, he picked up and he said, You're going with me out there. You know, we're gonna go get this done. My dad, I don't know. I don't want to hear it. You're going with me, and so that's why. 
and the word was utlataya. Utlataya refers to any time that there's something going on, and she did too. She was in not only North American, she went down to the Furrandi, she, um, she was in everything. She taught so many things. She ended up going down to D.C. and talking with the uh, talking to politicians down there to get things going right for for the village. You know, she was involved. This was a woman that, you know, I had no problems breaking the law for her in that sense. You know, because that that was due. And so when it comes to making a song like that, you have to keep a lot of those things in mind. You know, are there people not now, not just everybody you can go ahead and go against those rules by, you know, I mean, if it's somebody that actually earned, you know, like a earn that, then, then it's going to be all right. But if you're, if you don't know what you're doing, if you're just throwing words out there, then you know. No, you're not doing it right. Wow. That's why I. That's why I stated it was an argument I had to defend. <laughs> David, it's it's been such an incredible pleasure to speak with you today, and I, I look forward to doing so again. Would it be um, appropriate to ask if you could sing us out with your grandmother's song? Is that um, or a different? Those songs. I don't want to do another potlatch, so I'm not going to sing that one. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, she did, however, do a dance song, mm. and dance songs are universally used whenever we, whenever we feel like it. So I can sing that one for you if you don't mind. Thank you, and thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Hey ho 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 hey ya hey ya ho ho yeah hey hey ya hey ya ho oh 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 Take good care. Kayana. Bless you.